Hey friend, welcome to the Gnome Podcast. I'm Kristen Gray and I'm so glad that you're here. The goal of this podcast is to know Jesus and make Him known. There's no greater honor. So magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt His name together. Let's get started. Hey friends, welcome to episode three of the Known Podcast. I am so excited for today's episode. I really felt impressed to share this particular topic and lesson with you guys. A few weeks ago, I was asked to teach our women's Sunday school class and in seeking God's face and praying and asking him on what he would have me to talk about, the topic of satisfaction came to my mind very quickly It had been something that was heavy on my heart the past few months and honestly still very much is because God has me in a season right now where I'm learning and growing in this area of my life. You know, satisfaction is an issue that every single person deals with. We've all lived in seasons of discontentment and maybe you're even in one now. And if we sat here long enough, we could probably find hundreds and thousands of reasons to become dissatisfied or discontent. But I am so thankful that this is not the life that Jesus Christ has called us to. We're going to discuss Jeremiah thirty-one fourteen that says, And my people shall be satisfied with my goodness, saith the Lord. I am so thankful that God is a good God. And I love what this commentator said, and I want to share it with you. He said, In loving compassion, God described the future that he had planned for his children. A future filled with satisfaction in him. True satisfaction. God would drench his people in the abundance of his grace. One of the biggest components of God's goodness is his grace. And that grace is the only thing that can truly satisfy our soul It's the satisfaction. From a young age, I learned that by grace, that's how we're saved through faith. And that's a gift from God. So today, I hope that you're encouraged to know that Jesus alone can satisfy. The clip that I'm inserting in here is from that Sunday school lesson. And I do want to apologize in advance because the audio is not the greatest as it was just a cell phone recording. So bear with me, but I made sure that this audio was still clear and able to understand, though it will sound different from this. I hope you're encouraged from today's podcast about satisfaction. Here's the clip. This promise applies to us. It says that we shall be satisfied with his goodness, not You might be, you might be one day a week. You could be satisfied with my goodness. No, you shall. Shall is a promise. But there are so many days where I don't feel satisfied. There are so many days when I am content or discontent. So how in the world can this be a promise from God when I don't feel this way a lot of the time? Well, because we've got our gaze set somewhere it doesn't need to be. Because we can grab hold of God's promises at any time. We just have to grab it. It's ours for the taking. So I want to talk about a little bit later of how to grab hold of this promise. But what is it that keeps us from grabbing hold of it? What is it that makes us dissatisfied? What is it that makes us discontent? I started thinking about this and I was like, I could probably write a list a hundred pages of stuff that would make us discontent. There's general things that make us discontent. Jealousy, 
comparison. Comparison's huge. That's huge for me. And social media does a lot of that for me. I was talking to Miss Amy yesterday, and she said, do you know that 15-year-olds who get a phone, by the time they reach the end of their life, they will have spent 20 years on social media? Because they're spending an average of eight hours a day. And adults who have not grown up with the digital age, but now have been exposed to it, you guys will have spent 10 years on social media by the end of your life if you are a user. And I sat there, I was like, Am I going to spend 20 years of my life caught in the trap of comparison? Like, wow, what can I do to change this? You have to set your gaze somewhere else. I have to remind myself, that girl on there, that ain't what her life looks like on a daily basis. I remember last year when people were doing their highlight reels of 2022. I got so aggravated. I was like, my life didn't look like a bunch of trips. My life didn't look like this. Where are you going to do that? Where'd you get those clothes? My life doesn't look all sunshine and rainbows. It looks like staying up late to do school, working a job that's stressing me out, trying to just survive. I mean, I lived a year in survival mode. And I'm like, my life doesn't look like this. And I became dissatisfied because I was looking at someone else and coveting what was fake because it's not real. Social media is a highlight reel, just like mine is. I want to show the good things, not the bad things. But I had to come to a point where I said, okay, Jesus, this isn't what it's about. Let me set my sight on you instead of what's right in front of me on this phone where I can click something and have instant gratification or what they try to sell you is instant gratification in a moment. So social media is a huge one for me. Comparison, the thief of joy, so many different things in our life can breed discontentment. Maybe there's one thing in your life that you're thinking of right now. Maybe it's that house that somebody else has, that car, the Hallmark husband that none of us are going to have, and I've learned that the hard way. <laughs> I love my sweet Ethan, but life does not look like a Hallmark movie. It just doesn't. But you know what? It's even better. Because it's God's story, it's God's plan, and it's God's way. I don't know if y'all have heard of Kat Von D. She's been really prominent in the news right now. And if you don't know a lot about her, she grew up in a missionary home, had a dirt floor, and I believe it was Mexico. And she grew up in a believer's home, but never accepted that faith as her own. She went through the motions. So she got older, she turned to drugs, she turned to alcohol. Well, finally, she realized, well, this is not it. Drugs and alcohol don't satisfy me. So she turned to a lot of new age. She turned to witchcraft, tarot, occult practices. And I've seen pictures of her books that she had. Well, see, she said she just finally got to the point where none of it was working. She saw her Christian friends and what they had, and she was like, okay, I just want Jesus. Mm -hmm. And the most unlikely person is not. It's hard coming to church every Sunday and him not being able to come with me. It's hard being invited to the Christmas party with couples and have to go alone. It's not easy. But I know that Jesus is the one that goes with me. Even when I'm by myself, it's me and him. Because Ethan can't satisfy that void in my heart as much as I love him, as much as I'm crazy about him. He can't do that for me. When I'm alone in my room and it's just me and Jesus, those are the sweetest moments. Mm -hmm. When it's just quiet and it's still and he says, I love you. 
I've got good plans for you. My purpose for you is so much greater than you can imagine and nothing else can do for you what I can. And that's what he says to you this morning. I'm so much better. I can satisfy you. All you have to do is reach out and grab me. That's it. We can search for it all day. Any other direction we look at other than Christ, it's going to come up short. We're going to be dissatisfied. We might have temporary satisfaction, but oftentimes that temporary satisfaction can bring eternal and permanent consequences. But the satisfaction that Christ offers is eternal with everlasting life. That is grace. That is grace and life abundant. I don't know if you've ever done something for someone and you've put your heart and your soul into it. Maybe it's your home with your kids and your husband. Maybe it's at work with the boss you're trying to please. At school with your college professors. And you get done giving your best and you don't get the reaction that you want. And you walk away saying, I can do anything, but nothing is ever going to be good enough for them. Nothing I do is going to be good enough. Well, when mom and I clean the house, she cleans her and dad's side. I clean mine. It's best that way because she's got her way of doing things and I've got my way of doing mine. <laughs> We've got carpet in the bedrooms. And there's been times where I've cleaned her side when she's not home. I'm just pitching in and helping and doing my part. I'm so proud of myself vacuuming these floors. Man, Mama is going to love me. Look at these lines in the carpet. And then I get home, or she gets home. Kristen, uh, those lines are not the direction that I like. <laughs> and I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I just vacuumed this whole house, and the lines aren't in the direction that you want? Like, do it yourself. I thought I just did a good thing for you. Is this not good enough? You want me to vacuum it the other day, and then when I'm done, she's like, don't walk on my carpet. I'm like, you want me to float? Like, what am I supposed to do? I can't just float over this carpet. Like, is it going to be good enough for you? So that's why we clean our own sides of the house now, because it is just the best. But we walk away saying, is it going to be good enough? Maybe you have put so much thought into a gift for someone. Bailey Smith is the best gift giver. She puts so much thought into the gift she gives people. Gives her soul to it. What if I got a gift and I was like, what, what is this? Like, this is, this is what you got me? Like, I know you gave all your heart and your soul and your thought into this, but this, this is it. You think that God feels the same way with us? He's literally given his life to bring us fullness of joy. Life everlasting, joy abundant. Not only did he save us, but he died to give us freedom from self, from sin, from Satan, and eternity in hell. He daily loads us with benefits that include grace, new mercies every morning, provision for our every single need. He cares for us. All we have to do is cast it on him. He prays for us. He'll never leave or forsake us. I can keep going and going and going about how good he is and about how much he gives us, but we still find a way to be dissatisfied. He says, I've given you all of this, but you're still not satisfied with it. Kristen, I have given you more than you could have ever prayed for, but you still find a way to be discontent. There's nothing else that I can do because you're looking elsewhere when you should be looking straight at me. Because when we take our eyes off, just like Peter walking on the water, we're going to sink. 
But you know what we have to do? Reach up and he's going to grab us because he is faithful. He's never going to turn us back. No matter how many times we do, he is always waiting with open arms. And you think about, okay, so obviously as a human race, as individuals, all of us, we've got a problem with dissatisfaction. We have a problem with discontentment. How do we fix it? We come up empty when we try to fix it, don't we? We can't. We can't fix it. But you know what we can do? We can remember. That helps us hold on to the satisfaction. Why do we remember? We have to remember because we're so prone to forget. I'm prone to forget. I can go a day and I can just forget. Forget what God did for me yesterday. Even the littlest things of waking me up. That I've got warm socks on my feet. I'm sleeping in a house that has heat. I'm driving a car that can run that's got a heated seat, air, heat. So many things we just forget. Our hearts are prone to wonder and forget. That's why so many times in God's Word it says, remember. That's why he had to tell the children of Israel so many times. Because we're just like them. We go in that same cycle of devotion. Then we forget. We forsake. And then we just go around and around and around. Feeling like a little hamster on the wheel. But it's true. God tells us to forget not. But what do we remember? What helps us hold on and grip to that satisfaction? Well, 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says, My grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Remember, his grace is sufficient when we're weak. He's strong. He calls us to remember like we talked about earlier, for by grace are ye saved. That's the foundation. God has laid the foundation of satisfaction when he died for us on the cross. We can be satisfied because God's wrath was satisfied. We don't have to answer to that. God put all of that on Jesus Christ. Not only that we can be forgiven of sin, but that we can be satisfied in our salvation. And more than satisfied. Isaiah 43, 1. And I know he's talking to the children of Israel here, but again, as New Testament believers, this is true for us as well. He says, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by name, thou art mine. We are his. No matter the rejection that we face, we might not be able to have that in the people on this earth. But the creator of everything seen and unseen says, thou art mine. Who else would we want to belong to? I mean, the creator, the sovereign, holy God, has picked us out, has chosen us to be a part of his family, given us a seat at his table. Like, that's a big deal, y'all. I'm a nobody, but my picture is up on Jesus' fridge, and so is yours. And I love Hebrews 13, 5. I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. We can be satisfied when we remember that we're not walking alone. No matter how alone we feel, we know that he will never leave us or forsake us. When I talked to the girls a couple months ago at their young ladies event, I told them a little bit about my experience in high school. And it was really, really rough. I know a lot of you in here know that story. 
But you know what, looking back on that time, it was one of the most fulfilling and satisfying because I sat there and I put in my Jesus music. I'd listened to some good preaching. I remember one day, I, it may have been Joe's last sermon here. And I sat in that little room in that beanbag and I watched that sermon. I was sitting in there crying, having me a good time in the Lord. But on the outside looking in, like, that girl's alone. Like, she's probably not having a good time in there. Absolutely not. I was having me a time, me and Jesus, just us. And though I was physically alone, I wasn't because I had Christ right there with me as we'd walk through those halls. I really would, y'all, because there were so many kids. I would envision myself just walking hand in hand with Jesus because that is the only thing that could get me through. He's never going to leave me or forsake me. He's never going to leave you or forsake you too. Romans 8, 28. All things work together for the good. We bought some sweatshirts while we were at the women's conference. And one of them said, maybe everything will turn out okay. I thought, it ain't a maybe, it's a definitely. Everything is going to turn out okay. Because my God works all things together for the good. Every single thing we don't have to worry because he's a good God. The Lord God is a sun and a shield. He will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. Everything is at our fingertips spiritually. The only thing we have to do is look toward him. Grab hold of that promise. Stay in his word. Stay in communion with him. And that's all that it takes to satisfy. That's what we have to hold on to. Some of you may or may not know, but my mom has some sisters and... And a couple months ago, one of her sisters had given her a call. And a little bit of the backstory is mom had not heard from Aunt Debbie in probably seven, eight years. So when we heard, we were like, something's not right, something's not good. And so she called her and when mom did, Aunt Debbie told her she was dying. She had had cancer. It wasn't going to be long. And you can imagine our world was rocked in a phone call. The sister you hadn't talked to in years is dying. Like, that's just, that's it. So the next day, Mom and I went to Charlotte, and we saw her, and at this point, she lost her vision. The accident that happened that led to the discovery of her cancer took her vision. And there's really no words to describe what you feel when you see someone in that state. I mean, you know they're dying. They can't see. I mean, in a point of total dependence on everyone around them. And we went and we prayed up and I went in with my Bible. We were on a mission. We were like, we don't know if she knows the Lord. And there's no way we're leaving this hospital without knowing because we don't know when she's going to pass. So we got there and we had some time with her. And I'm so thankful for the faithfulness of God to restore things. Because God brought restoration to my mom and was faithful to do that. Because if she would have passed and that would have not happened we would be so questioning where she was. And you can't have peace when you don't know that. And so God was faithful to restore even at the very end. Well, as we visited for a while, Mom just finally asked her, she said, Debbie, how do you know you're going to heaven? Do you know the Lord? I mean, do you know what's going to happen? She said immediately, I know Jesus as my Lord and Savior, without hesitation, without thought. 
and just kind of sitting back and watching all of this and the grace that God gave my mom to immediately forgive in a moment, to minister to someone who she so desperately loved and never stopped praying for. So the grace that I saw that God was so sufficient for my mom was such an honor to be able to watch her minister to her sister in those last final days. But in stepping back, you know, just thinking about Aunt Debbie's life, she lived a rough life. You know, it was not lived for the Lord. And she got to the end, and I'm so thankful she knew Christ as her Savior. Please don't misunderstand me. But my heart also hurt because when she lived her life, she didn't have that satisfaction. She searched for it in so many other things, and my heart broke because I knew she got to the end of her life. She didn't experience the satisfaction of Christ on a daily basis until she got to that end. I thought about so much she had missed out on. Mm -hmm. And I realized as I watched this, I don't want that to be me. I don't want to get to the point where I'm at the end and I don't think, man, I've missed out on his goodness. I've missed out on his grace and it was right there, mine for the claim. And that was really a life-changing experience for us. You're not the same when you go through something like that. And even to the very end, God was faithful. About a week later, she passed. And my mom began to pray. You know, she was blind for the past year. My mom began to pray, Lord, when she sees you, let her eyes be open. And... We had said goodbyes a couple days before, and she hung on. And Bruce, her husband, called my mom and said, Terry, she's gone. He said, but it was the weirdest thing. It scared me. <laughs> said she hadn't opened her eyes in days, and she was laying there, and all of a sudden, bam, and she took her last breath. Eyes popped wide open. I said, Mom, do you see that God answered your prayer? You can have such peace knowing that in a year, the first face she saw was the face of our Savior. She may have not known that satisfaction throughout the majority of her life, but neither does she know it now. What heaven has to offer us is exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ever imagine or think. And this satisfaction here with the Holy Spirit is just a sneak. It's not even a drop in the bucket of what is to come when we set sight on our Savior and get to lay at His feet and to see those nail-pierced feet and the hands and the whip in His side. All that satisfy the wrath of God so that I can be satisfied here. And you can too. It's a promise. My people shall be satisfied with my goodness. Have you forgotten the goodness of God this morning? I know sometimes I forget. I wake up in the mornings and forget to thank Him. But maybe today we can say, God, I remember your goodness. Thank you for your grace. Thank you that you alone satisfy every longing of my heart. Jesus, you're it. You're all I hope that you were encouraged by that lesson on satisfaction and know that Jesus alone can satisfy every single longing of your heart. 
The phrase is so cliche, but it's so true that there is a God-sized hole in every one of our hearts that He alone can fill. So if you're looking to anything else other than Jesus Christ to satisfy you, you're going to come up empty. Look to Him. Know that He alone can satisfy. As the deer pant for water, so my soul longeth after Thee. You alone are my heart's desire, and I long to worship Thee. Once you find that true satisfaction, you will be able to say that too. He alone can satisfy, friend. Let Him do His job. I hope that you've been encouraged, and I can't wait to meet you back here next week. You can follow me on social media, on Instagram at Kristen Gray underscore known, and on Facebook at Kristen Gray.